Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Zolgad and fill-in host Doogie are going to discuss why Ginger Rogers was a better dancer than Fred Astaire. And that starts now. I'm not sure I believe that. Ginger Rogers, okay. Astaire, phenomenal. She did everything he did, but she did it backwards. Boom! Wow. Right there. I'm going home. I'll see you guys later. Right there. Mackie and Joe. Nice. I got mine. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Town. All the way to the rock. And the big time slam. 11 points in the quarter for Carl Anthony Towns. Butler will go with six seconds. Pulls up for two. Jimmy, how big is that bucket? You know, you can't say enough about, you know, the way Jimmy closes out. I mean, just one big play after the next. Big shots. You know, getting drawn the foul again. Uh, making the right plays, uh, tremendous. That's who he is. That's Jimmy Butler. The Timberwolves are 19 and 13, fourth place in the Western Conference, and won again last night in Denver. But still, the fans aren't happy. Let's find out what they did wrong this time. All right, as Dave just said. Wolves win last night, first place uh, in their division, very much in a playoff spot now. Uh, Phil out with the uh, with the croup and with the bad throat, so Doogie in with me 9-1 to one today. And Doogie, you're the basketball guy, so tell me, in the midst of a Wolves victory, why when, why when I went on Twitter last night, I saw fans still continually complaining about a first-place Timberwolves team. What was wrong last night? Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me We're in. It's a Christmas miracle. Pleased, Phil Mackey lost his voice, right? Pleased to have you. Very right. happy to have Where you. Where to begin? First off, to suggest that the relatively small sample size of the tweets you saw last night represent the entire Wolves fan base would be moronic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what the Twitter fan base does. So I don't put much stock into the Twitter fan base. That being said, I'm sure they were... Up in arms about Andrew Wiggins yet again. Andrew Wiggins did not make shots last night. His shot looks off to me. Mm-hmm. I won't claim to be a shot expert, but just looking at his mechanics, if you look at his shot last night, the release, everything about his shot last night compared to earlier in the season or last year, mm-hmm. something is off with Andrew Wiggins. Now, I saw complaints as well uh, from several folks, including my partner, all about uh, Tibbs' late-game timeout usage, which has been brought up before because the league is what? The league has taken away one late-game timeout, and you have to use it by a certain portion of the fourth quarter or it disappears. 
And it seems like Tibbs has either forgotten this or doesn't care, and that there's outrage about the fact that he is not uh, not effectively utilizing his timeouts. I mean, the outrage makes some sense last night because he took a timeout with 255 or 256 remaining. If you had taken it at 301, you would have saved a timeout. Yeah. Three minutes is the cutoff. So if you were going to take a timeout, take one, you know, prior to the three-minute mark. So that's where it didn't make sense. This isn't the first time he's done it. Now, it's not a fireable offense by any stretch, but yes, it is in many ways coaching malpractice. I don't get it. If you're going to use the timeout, mm-hmm. take the timeout at 320, 315, 310, not at 256. It makes no sense. Do you think he's overlooking this? I mean, he certainly knows the rules. He's a meticulous dude. Why do you think that he is? Because this is not the first time that there's been complaints that he has not uh, not properly uh, known when to call his timeouts. Well, and if for some reason it escapes his mind, you have how right. many different assistant coaches? Yeah. There's almost an assistant coach for every player. Yes. It is pretty ridiculous. So this is not something where you're going to just say, oh, whoops, I forgot Correct. continually. So he was well aware. Yeah. He just happened to say, no, that's okay. I don't need to take it at 315. Oh, wait, I'll take it here at 256. All right, let's get, uh, first, before we talk about any bad from last night, let's get to the good. Jimmy Butler has been fantastic of late. Monday night against Portland, 37 points, playing with a bad back, including 11 points in the fourth quarter. Last night uh, hits eight consecutive points or makes them with fewer than 90 seconds left in that game. Scores 25 points for the game. Once again, scores 11 in the fourth. What is your feeling about, it seems to me, my opinion is this. Butler came here and for the first month or so said, I'm going to defer. I'm going to I'm going to essentially go to school on these people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to learn. And, and I'm not going to come in and put my stamp on this team immediately, which I think is very smart. I think he said, I'm going to hang back. I'm going to do the best I possibly can at this point, but I want to know more. I think at some point in time here in the last, I don't know, take your pick, two weeks, he has said, I know more. And at this point now... He is saying, "Boys, this is going to start to revolve around me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fit into what you're trying to do. We are going to go with my plan." He seems to be much more confident, cocky, which is good again, and sure of, of what he's doing as compared to the start of this year. Make no mistake, he is the alpha dog. You're right. He deferred a ton. I would say it actually goes back about three and a half to four weeks. He actually came out. He told a few reporters, hey, enough is enough. I am going to shoot more. I am going to score more. He has done that. Last night scored 11 of their final 14 points. He was phenomenal. You think about it, Judd. In the second half, they were down 80-66. to Denver is a really good home team. Now, they were down Gary Harris, Emmanuel Moutier, Paul Millsap is already out. He'll be out another month or two. So they were shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Jokic just came off an ankle injury, although he was, well, he turned the ball over a bunch last night. But when he wants to be a creative playmaker, Jokic is really good. Yes. You know, but Carl Anthony Towns went at Jokic. You know, Carl Anthony Towns with Marnie Gellner on the postgame show in that interview, you know, on the court said, you know, it's personal. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Oh, you have it? Oh, great. It's right here. This is personal. This is personal. You know, we're in our division. It's our conference. We got to take these games personal. And uh, I more took it personal than just the division and conference. I got backstory. So. Uh, I love coming out here and be able to uh, play in Denver and uh, come out with a W. So you got a backstory? Uh, you know, everything got a backstory. <laughs> there you go. It's almost like we had a pre-show meeting on that. That was pretty good that you had that just right there in the button bar. Great. Very impressive. Great minds. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's open for interpretation. Okay. 
Average minds. Yeah. All right. So on the backstory, yeah. it's as simple as Cat doesn't like all the attention that Jokic gets. You know, there's a lot of people that say, hey, he's 22. Carl is, what, 21, almost 22. Has he turned 22 yet? Did he just turn 22? He Regardless. Might have, he might have. You yet. know, then there's a lot of Joel and Bede steam. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit older. What is he, 23? But when you talk about transformational big men, it's no longer, you know, it's not unanimous that Cat is number one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you took a survey of GMs, some might take Jokic. I think many would take Embiid, especially if you knew he could play 75 to 82 games in a season. You know, the health is still a bit of a factor there. Right. But I think Cat is is agitated by that. He's heard some of that noise. I'm telling you, that was a different Carl Anthony Towns last night. He had a little bleep you in his game last night. First, he really wanted to kick Jokic's butt, yeah. and he did. He did a great job. He was great last night. It was Cat, yep. it was Butler, and it was my guy Jamal Crawford. It was those three guys carried them to victory. Ding, ding. All right, Dave. P.J. Fleck, the, the I'm going to get this right, early signing period, first ever, yesterday, P.J. Fleck press conference, which uh, which I believe he got up and made an opening statement that went nearly an hour without a question. What have you gone through and found from P.J. Fleck's musings from yesterday's presser, David? Well, it was quite the undertaking because, as you know, <laughs> when you don't take questions for the majority of the hour, up until that point where you take a question, you can absolutely control the message. You don't even have to pretend like you're answering the question that's being thrown at you. You control what is being said. And boy, there's a lot of numbers. Boy, boy, oh boy. Let's uh, let's just hit it, shall we? All right. Uh, I want to start by talking a, a few statistical things that all of you are interested in, not necessarily me. However, uh, we're ranked 22nd in the country in the 24-7 scout team rankings. Ranked 23rd in the ESPN uh, Recruiting Nation class ranking. A 24-7 composite has the Gophers ranked 26th in the country. Fifth ranked class in the Big Ten. And again, number one recruiting class in the Big Ten West. 58 of the 62 Power 5 teams have offered at least one of our signees. More top 25 offers 50 plus than 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 17 combined. Six four-star recruits, two players in the ESPN 300. It was my understanding that there would be no math. <laughs> what? <laughs> you made one heck of an edit there, by the way, because that thing could have gone for another 10 minutes. Oh, Dave. yeah. Oh, yes, he could have. He played part of it for me this morning, yes. Yes, oh, he, had to, wow. he had to chop her down just a little bit to get it within the context of what well, we were trying to get It's at. my buddy Garrett, who is PJ's general manager, who's fantastic, by the way. Who has a lot of time on his hands? Well, evidently, he put together all those bullet points. Trust me, PJ knowing Garrett care, the way I do, PJ doesn't care. Garrett had about another ten pages worth of bullet points. They just happened to avoid those. Does yesterday. PJ realize though, or Garrett, at some point in time, it becomes just noise? Like at some point, like like give me give me two or three really impressive stats, mm-hmm. and then stop because at some point, by about the fifth stat, I'm lost. I have no idea what you said. I think that's accurate, like, and you're right, need, because... I don't need every service. I don't care that much. Yeah, I'm with you, which is unfortunate, because when you really boil it down, this is, in the internet era, the best Gophers recruiting class. It is. When you look at some of the kids they've gotten, I talked about it with you which and Mackie yesterday. When? Internet era starts when? I don't know. 02, 03, 99, mm-hmm. 00. I mean, Bruce started a good class in 09. Okay. 
you know, but a lot of those guys were out of the program in a year or two. I mean, that's the thing to remember. Yeah, they weren't. Exactly you know, you think about like go back and look students. at the 2015 recruiting class. Now, the 2015 recruiting class doesn't compare to this one, mm-hmm. but look at how many guys were out within a couple years mm-hmm. or are no longer in the program currently. So let's give it some time. But just based on other offers, PJ is right. That's the point I would have hammered home. Look at the offers these kids had. Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. This wide receiver from Georgia, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, he's where the strip Gets story Georgia, about South Carolina, him, yeah. Tennessee. He tells all these SEC schools. Tells Jimbo Fisher in Texas you know, A&M, that's no. It. That, that's it. From now on, give me, give me two impressive stats and give me one or two players that you love, and that's all I need. Like, I don't need the whole recruiting, right? If you got a great player, tell me you got a great player and focus on that kid. Just give me that kid. Well, name. he did that too. I mean, That's he went for want. 70 minutes or I know, so. I understand. So that, he but gave I'm you saying, five I'm, minutes on Bateman, I promise. Help you. I'm trying to peel back. Yeah. I'm trying to help him peel back. I just know that Dave is very excited because nobody likes college football recruiting like Dave Harrigan does. One of your Woodbury guys, Stein Dave. I know. I know. One of your Woodbury guys, Fleck didn't want him. Oh, I'm, I'm not in that district. He's a Nebraska actually. kid. I, I live near, but I'm I'm still in the Oakdale Maplewood district. Okay, you're so a Tarkay. All right, boys, let, let's come back. Uh, talk more wolves, and also I believe, although uh, Phil is not here, I understand that there is a replacement for Phil who's going to weigh in during the course of today's show with some wolves observations. So we will get to those. The show today is Judd and Doogie. Prepare yourselves. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Bring it on! This is 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd today with Judd and Doogie is sponsored by Robert W. Baird and Company. Happy Christmas, Judd. Happy Christmas, Dave. Happy Christmas, Phil. Happy Christmas, Sam Mitchell. So this is Wiggins. Oh, what have you done? Another year older. A new season just begun And so this is Wiggins You were picked number one Drafted by Cleveland Traded for Kevin Love Andrew Wiggins We're happy you're here We hope you will lead us to the playoffs this year. And so this is Wiggins. He's quick and he's long. The Wolves traded for you. We hope they weren't wrong. And so Andrew Wiggins. On behalf of the station, I'd like to really apologize. Thank you. My oh, ears are bleeding. Oh, I, I almost have to take off my own headphones, and it's and as I said, it's me. How bad is that? Judd and Doogie fill uh, out today with the uh, bad throat. I think he's going to be back uh, tomorrow, though, So as we wrap up the uh, week before Christmas. Um, all right, sirs. The guy that I just tried to... Uh, Sing a song about. Bad timing, by the way, in this phone call. What does this say, Judd? Unsuccessfully. It's going to be hard to answer this one. Oh, 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 that's a very... In, it, 
It very. In, I'll fact, call him during the next break. Back. Yeah, text him back. I will. Um, well, I did. I texted him and he called me. All right, Andrew Wiggins, Doogie. Last night, fourth quarter, he played three minutes, if I'm not mistaken, three plus against Portland on Monday night. Uh, last night, a minute twenty nine in the fourth quarter, he took no shots. He pulled down one defensive rebound, and of course, since he took no shots, he had no points. As I told you before, so there seems to be two camps here. There seems to be the camp that fills in, which is he's a lost cause, and this is really, really going, the contract was a waste, and it's going to end up being bad. Uh, My camp is, this is extremely worrisome. It's far worse than we've seen previously. So all the previous complaints I sort of got, but I was always like, well, but he's still pretty good. I'm not saying that now. So my question becomes this. They're not going to trade him. They can't right now, but they're not going to trade him. What can be done realistically to rehabilitate him as quickly as possible and at least get him back on a track where you're not saying t- uh, to yourself, you can't play him in the fourth quarter games? I'll tell you, I got the answer. That right. process will begin later today in Phoenix. By the way, I'm in your camp. This is why you're the scoop guy, Doogie. Not the Mackie camp. His off-season trainer, Drew Hanlon, is flying to Phoenix today. Yay! Wiggins himself realized, I am in such a funk, with all due respect to the Wolves' full-time shooting coach, he's not fixing my issues. With all due respect to Ryan Saunders, others, they are not fixing my issues. I need my summer trainer, Drew Hanlon. Mm -hmm. So Wiggins himself reached out to Hanlon. Hanlon is flying to Phoenix. Now, it won't all be fixed in a span of 48 hours, but Drew Hanlon is phenomenal. Drew Hanlon goes way back with Bradley Beal. You think about Bradley Beal of the Wizards, Mm -hmm. one of the best shooters in the game. Hanlon started working with him going back to middle school. They're St. Louis guys. Drew Hanlon's from St. Louis. Bradley Beal's from St. Louis. So he was working with Beal in middle school? Going way, way back. Okay, all right. Jason Tatum. The scouting report on Tatum coming out of Duke was... Phenomenal player, but he can't shoot. Jason Tatum is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA right now. Celtics rookie. He looks like he will be a star for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum is from St. Louis. He goes back many years with Hanlon. Drew Hanlon works with Jordan Clarkson, former second-round pick, who's now a good role player. In fact, I think he's better than a role player. He could start for many teams, but he's a backup for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Drew Hanlon has worked with... Joel Embiid. Drew Hanlon is one of the best off-season NBA trainers around. Now, I don't get the sense that the Wolves, maybe they know about it at this point. Maybe Wiggins went to them and said, hey, I'm doing this. I need to do this. Now, the Wolves were not on board previously. You know, they want everything That's in-house the during the season. Last week, yeah. But I can just tell you, Wiggins, Wiggins reached out to Hanlon on his own. Uh-huh. You know, heck, they'll practice later today in Phoenix unless Tibbs gives them the day off. Mm-hmm. But Wiggins will go find a gym. You can always find a gym. He will spend some personal time with Drew Hanlon today, tomorrow. So it's a start. This is an important step. If you believe that Wiggins can turn things and around, Tib- I certainly and do. Tibbs is okay with this at this well, point. Well, I don't know. That I can't answer. So yet. do we? Well, but who wait. cares what Tibbs thinks? Wiggins is broken right now. If you go back, no, I agree with ten that. games. He is shooting below twenty percent from three point range. Yeah, he's shooting below sixty percent from the free throw line. Something is broken. 
Go back and watch last night's game. His shooting mechanics were off. The free throws have been bad all year, if I'm not mistaken. They have. He's only at like 65% for the season. I was at a practice around uh, in late last month, and and he he stayed long to work on free throws. And I remember at that point, he, he was struggling then. So that's been something that I think has plagued him since the start of the season. Well, the other thing that's plaguing him is, if you look at usage rate, how many touches he's getting on a per-game basis, his touches are down. So I don't think he is fully adjusting to what is a new role when you've got an alpha dog I told Phil and that, Jimmy though. Butler. Here's the problem. So I think we need to give it a little bit more time yes. than how many games have they played? 31, 30, 32, 30, 33? 19, 13. Let's give it a little bit more time. There's an adjustment there when you bring in an alpha dog, a superstar like Jimmy Butler. But I'm just telling you, look yes. at the numbers. Wiggins is not touching well, the ball and keep like in mind he used too, to. And keep in mind, it has shifted and gotten worse since Butler basically said, I am now the guy. Yes. When Butler was deferring early on, Andrew wasn't great, but he wasn't this. Mm-hmm. And it really seems that the time, I think if you I think if you went back and now look statistically and said, when did it really start to shift and morph? I think it's around the time that Butler clearly said, okay, I know who this team is, what this team is, and now I'm the guy. Which, by the way, I'm fine with. I'm plenty fine with. I'm fine with that. When's but, the last time they were six games over Dukes, 500? Dukes, they are winning games. I'm plenty fine with Dukes, it. I think Wiggins, I think this entire conversation goes to something that we've talked about since the day that that he was uh, got here. And it's this. Andrew is not an alpha. He's just not. Towns is, Towns is and he's becoming more and more of one. Andrew is a guy who is very comfortable getting his shots, but he, I don't think he is. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that stands up and says, "Okay, now it's my time." And I think he's playing with a guy in Butler who's very much like that. And Andrew, to me, strikes me as a person now who is basically the kid on the schoolyard who's really talented but being ignored. And so he gets shots occasionally, and he's like, "I'll just take the shot," but it's not fitting in with no Jimmy. You and I have to work this out. Like you don't, you've got Butler, who is your senior in high school, who's your clear cut. He's the guy, and Wiggins is almost like a freshman, and he's really good at what he does. But now he's getting more and more. Well, I don't know if I should do this or that, and so he is regressing. But I think it's also, I think it's it's mechanical for sure. But I think it's also driven in part by personality. I can buy into that. I mean, I think. There's a mental aspect to this, just from the standpoint of when you're not touching the ball as much as you're used to, when you do touch the ball, you're forcing things, right? You're overthinking. You're thinking, I need to get mine. That's exactly I what I'm saying. I mean, Wiggins yes. has that mentality of, and I'll take it from, I'm a 23-point-a-game yes. guy. I need to take shots. Right. Now, last night, a few times, he actually attacked the hoop, which I... Which he has to do. I liked, you know, when I saw it, but he's got to do that more. Yes. But he settles for those long two-point shots... Because I'm telling you, he feels like, I've got the ball now, I can always get a shot, right? I mean, Wiggins, if he's touching the ball, mm-hmm. he can get a shot off whenever he wants. That's not an issue. But he's not touching the ball as often. So when he does touch the ball, I'm telling you, there's this mentality of, I need to jack up a shot. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening. Right, and he's and basically what, what he's saying is, I can get my shot now, so I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. The the if you, if you want the encapsulation of the la- of, of recent games, for him. To me, it's the, I think it third quarter sequence Monday night. He got a three-point shot. And instead of trying to survey, hey, I might take the shot, but I'm going to look around. He just took the shot. It was, I believe it was long. Rebounded by Portland. 
they go down, they miss their shot. And, oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, this started with, with, he missed two free throws. Then he got a three-point shot. And then Portland goes down off his missed three. They miss. Wolves get the ball and immediately lose the ball. And that sequence of events was counterproductive as could possibly be. And if if that sequence of events had gone differently, the Wolves at that point, because I think that they were down, I'm not saying that they would have been in great shape, but it would have been much preferable. But this to me is this, he's just, he is basically, to your point, Andrew is taking shots when Andrew can, as opposed to saying, how does this fit in? And he just looks lost to me. He really looks lost. Yes, although he's not, lost confidence. he's not to the point of curling up in the fetal position, because if you recall on Monday, mm-hmm. about a minute 10 left, he made a winning defensive play. I talked to what Jamal Crawford on the podcast this week about that. That yeah, he doesn't he did. pout too much. He got the ball. He was a little bit more active. If you're into over. blocks and steals, things of that nature, we always say that Wiggins should have more rebounds. Mm-hmm. Assists don't bother me just because A, he's not touching the ball as much, and B, when he does touch the ball, I'd like for him to be in a position to get a good shot off. I'm not worried about him setting up a teammate as much. He can be more active on the glass. Yeah, but I just don't want to see him come. I don't want to see him get the ball and just shoot for shooting's sake. That's my point. Which is fair. That's fine. And and it's really bad when, when your confidence is clearly just shot. His confidence is gone. It is, but at least he realizes it, and that's why he reaches out to Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon will fly sure, to Phoenix. Sure. I'll say this much, though. The contract eventually is tradable. If you feel like you need to move him, not this second. There's a poison pill right now. Yep. They cannot trade Andrew Wiggins right now. They couldn't. But if they wanted to trade him in 12 months, in 18 months, I'm yep. telling you, whether it's the Raptors, somebody else. Now, on paper, you may not get back equal value. But I'm just saying, to me, a bad contract is one that you can't move. You have no chance of moving. Mm-hmm. Luol Dang, four years, $72 million. Mm-hmm. That was a bad contract. There's a good chance the Lakers eventually will have to buy out Dang. Sure. Or Mozgov, what the Lakers gave him a couple years ago. That's why Mitch Kupchak is now unemployed. The Andrew Wiggins max extension was not a bad contract because you can eventually move it. Do you think that that long-term Butler and, and Andrew can coexist successfully? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, that's the most important question here. Yeah. That because that is the absolute key. I think Jimmy can adjust, you know? Once Wiggins fully realizes this but is Jimmy much, Butler's team. Yeah, but adjust how? Because, I mean, he's he shouldn't... He shouldn't stop being the dominating personality because because that's just him. Correct for Butler, and I'm fine with you know that's fine. But I I'm think at some that. point Jimmy will go back to deferring. I think at some point when Wiggins figures out the mechanics on his shot, how much though? Because I, I mean I don't well to the point of them being able to coexist, to the point of them getting to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Wiggins realizing how much fun it is to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They might even have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. The Western Conference clearly isn't as good as I thought it would be. Heck, they may win the Northwest Division. Not that winning the division is that big of a deal. You know, they're not in that upper echelon with the Spurs, Rockets, and Warriors. Mm -hmm. But they are right in that next tier. You think about beating Portland on Monday, Denver last night. They are in that second tier. Now, eventually, I think Oklahoma City will figure it out. They've won 19 games. But the Thunder are not figuring it out right now. So maybe you're better than the Thunder. By the way, that Carmelo trade. Yeah, why, well, why are people, that's another example of why it are takes people in time. love with Carmelo Anthony? I'll never understand. It, the guy can score, I get that, but the the love for him just does. I don't get it. 
Yeah, well, even Paul George, who's a free agent in the summer, mm-hmm. everybody at the time said, Indiana, what are you doing? Victor Oladipo has turned into a stud. They got him in that trade. You know, you think Didn't about Oladipo's connection. Didn't Flip love him? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, Flip was big on I Oladipo. Flip tried to get him. Oh yeah, Flip thought the world of I Victor liked him Oladipo. in college. He was a good player. Oh, he was fantastic in Indiana. So, I mean, he's, he's a cult hero in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Oladipo is playing out of his mind right now with the Pacers. Then they got back a young big man, Sabonis, who's got a chance. Mm-hmm. That trade actually looks pretty good for a guy that Indiana was going to lose. Where was Indiana going this year with Paul George? And then he leaves in July. That is a good trade. Hey, look at Chicago. Remember at the time, everybody said, what are the Bulls doing? What a ripoff of a trade. You know, sending Jimmy right. Butler here. And if you're the Wolves, you'd make that trade 10 out of 10 times. Jimmy Butler is a top 10 two-way player. Look at Chris Dunn. My guy Fred Hoiberg has a seven-game winning streak right and now. Chris Dunn's playing really Fred well Fred finally right now. has the guys that he'd like to coach. And well, Zach is they even don't, playing. Levine is close. Because they don't talk back to him. Marketing is a good player. Correct. Cause, cause yes. Butler said, Fred, you suck as but a coach. look at Chris that Dunn. That was the problem. Chris Dunn is a stud right now. That is a good trade for the Bulls. Sure. So we need to be careful, you know, jumping to, to bold conclusions right when transactions take place. We've got to let things oh, wait, play wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. I know. Wait. Four, Flies in the face of four, talk radio. Four I get hour, it. Four-hour sports talk show. I Five know. days a week. I'm on with Roycey on Saturdays for two. And you just told me we have to be careful in making bold I statements. I know. It's the opposite of the hot take. I get it. I know. But I'm just saying the Wolves will yeah. be okay. I think fans need to really enjoy what's taking place. It has been we don't enjoy- 12 or 13 years since they've been six games over 500. Enjoy this right. right now. Hold that thought because right. because there seems to be you you bring up a word that we seem to be incapable of doing enjoy why in this day and age of sports when our teams are successful are we still so damn mad Phil Mackey Judd Zolgad I don't get Mackey and Judd it's very it's odd at times on fifteen hundred ESPN Towns all the way to the rock and the big time slam eleven points in the quarter for Carl Anthony Towns. Mackie and Judd today is Judd and Doogie. Phil uh, back tomorrow, I would expect. All right, so, uh, gentlemen, back to our uh, our previous talking point, and that's this. It seems to me that in this day and age of, of being a sports fan, there are times... Now, I get it if your team is struggling, okay? So I am not for one second saying because there are teams that drive me crazy, and if your team's not playing well or your team's going through a funk and they're losing a bunch of games... I'm not saying that you shouldn't be upset if the, if you so choose. Heck, I do at times, okay? Get that. But this Wolves thing seems to me, and Dukes, you might be right. It might be a small faction, but this Wolves thing this year seems to me to be a lot of angst. Like, there seems to be a lot of outward angst. And I'm confused by it because of this. You haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. And I understand there are some key components struggling. And I understand that Tibbs can be maddening at times to watch coach and that there are probably things he does that you don't like. And so I'm not saying he's perfect. He's not. But they're 19 and 13. They're very much in the playoff picture. They are not a bad team. They've got some very nice players. And yet there does seem to be this angst surrounding them that I don't necessarily understand. I think it's because the bar has been raised. Whether that's right or wrong is a good conversation to have. But when you make the moves they made, 
when you give Tom Thibodeau five years, $40 million, when you bring in a general manager making seven figures in Scott Layden, you raise the bar. But I'm with you. For me, the bar isn't that high. Whether it's the Wolves, heck, I had a guy reach out to me, a high school buddy, my Hopkins high school buddy, David Rivas, the other day reaches out to me. He tells me, this is the least enjoyable Wolves team he can remember. Well, and, it, and I'm see, like, David, Kurt right. Rambis, David Kahn, any number of teams that didn't make the is playoffs. It, is it because they seem joyless at times when they win? Because I will say this, there are wins that have seemed joyless, but they're still wins. Maybe that's I'm some very of torn it. there. Have I told you this story? So I take the six-year-old, Droogie, to the Orlando game the night before Thanksgiving. We have pretty good seats. The Wolves are up 26 floor? points. No, we floor? weren't on the floor, but they were good seats. Close to floor. Close. And the Wolves are up 26 points in the third quarter. Melted mm-hmm. down in the fourth, ended up winning. Mm-hmm. But they're up 26 points. I remember that game. Six-year-old Droogie turns to me and says, does the Wolves coach like his job? Because you could see Tibbs just, you could see the angst all over his face. Like, smile. You're up 26. It's okay to have some fun. Even last night, I actually saw him crack a bit of a smile. Somebody was at the free throw line, but the way the camera was positioned, Jamal Crawford was taken out of the game. He goes up to Tibbs and gives him a high five. And just for a quick second, Tibbs cracked a smile. Did he? It's okay to smile a bit more. So I don't know. Is it that? I suppose that might be some of it. But I just, I need to remind fans, they are going to the playoffs. I'll make that bold statement if you want to go back to to making bold predictions and all that. I'll make that prediction here at the 32-33 game mark, whatever it is. Yep. We will have mid-April basketball here in the Twin Cities, professional basketball, mm-hmm. for the first time in 13 years. Will we be happy? It's okay to enjoy that. Will we, be, will we be happy about this? Will we be satisfied? Will we still be upset? Well, you know, because that's that's what you see on Twitter. And as you said before, Twitter's not uh, it's not a huge thing as far as it's not it certainly does not speak for all Wolves fans, but it is amazing what you see on Twitter about everything that seems to go wrong during the course. And by the way, by the way, I used to get ripped as a hockey guy for, for getting too up and down about individual games. You know, Phil would would say, how can you, you know, they played Montreal last night. It's December 12th. Who cares? Twitter. Twitter and basketball. People get upset about possessions consistently. They do. This is the NBA. You can be down by 27 and easily win a game. It's a roller coaster. Okay, so, that's fine. So don't accuse me of being hockey guy, no, but, roller coaster rider. When, you're get, when people are on there getting upset about possessions. But even last night, after the game, I saw a ton of tweets. What an enjoyable win. And it was. That was a fun game last night. That was a nice win. So I think people are capable of saying, okay, you know, you detach yourself and a these, bit from, and these from last, being overly emotional, and you realize, hey, they played well. And these hey, last they were down wins, 14. They could have said, we're done. At 80-66, to 66, yeah. third quarter last night, they could have said, yeah, we're not winning this game. They fought. For the most part, they fight. I mean, I know the fourth quarter numbers are pretty bad. They are, what is it now, 11-6 and six in games decided by six points or less? Mm-hmm. So they are winning close games. Mm-hmm. And I get it, though. I mean, if you want to if you want to bring up valid points, you know, Tibbs, defensive-minded coach, this team doesn't play defense, that's fair. Like, I look at the Boston Celtics. They start Jalen Brown, a second-year guy. 
They start Kyrie Irving. And they start Jason Tatum, a rookie. Yet they are a top five defensive team. How does Brad Stevens get that collection? Now, Al Horford has a lot to do with it. But how does he get that collection to play the defense they do? And, oh, by the way, I think a lot of Wolves fans are still upset they didn't trade for Kyrie Irving. When Irving came out and said, hey, Minnesota is one of my destinations. Yeah. Preferred destinations. Yep. And the Wolves cannot complete that trade. Yep. Really, nothing came close. But once Kyrie came out and said, hey, I'd like to be in Minnesota, then you don't land him. I think some fans were upset. You know, but I'm just saying on the defense, that's valid. Like if Brad Stevens can get that collection to play the defense they play, yep. I mean, Kyrie Irving's never been a good defensive player. You get that team to play the defense that they have, why can't the Wolves? Be better than the 28th ranked defense in the league. Well, the so question, I get it. You want to go when, with the defense. You want to go with the fourth quarter numbers, the when, minutes. I get it. When can you? But they are winning. When can you get Towns? When can you get him into a spot where he can at least consistently play defense competently? Because Butler's fantastic. We've seen stretches. After the Portland game, Dukes. There were stretches last night. He's gotten better. There's been maybe a bad game or two. But I think if you go back about the last but, three to four weeks, not, the but, defense has been better. But my point, my point is, if Town starts to play consistently competent defense, it's going to change the entire look, I think. And Butler's fantastic, and I love the fact that after the Blazers game, Butler was asked about the uh, the offensive comeback in in the fourth quarter, and Butler basically said, "You guys all want to talk about offense. All I want to talk about is our defense." Mm-hmm. And he went on and on about how they did it, and it's. I'm not saying it's sexy to listen to, but it's exactly what this team needs. I mean, he's right. I mean, they are a top offensive team. Now, like, shot selection in the first half last night was atrocious. So, I mean, we can nitpick the offense, but you look at the overall offensive numbers, they are a top five to top seven offense. So, Jimmy's right. It does come down to defense. But you think about Monday. All right, Monday, eight minutes to go. They were down 10 points. Do you know how long it's been since they came back to win a game when down double digits with eight minutes to go? Mm-hmm. Almost six years. I found it. It was, oh, in fact. Uh, it was 2012 Jim, with Luke Ridenauer. Jim Pete Stats guy tweeted it out, and Jim Pete retweeted it, and it was something, it was ridiculous. It was 100 and, I think, 100 and. I think 200-something 200 200, games. Yeah. I mean, almost, a, almost it, six years, okay? It was nuts. Like, let's give them some credit for winning that game on Monday. And I'm telling you, last night, down 80-66, to 66, you come back and win that game, mm-hmm. they've done a lot of good this week yet. I still have fans complaining about Saturday's loss to Phoenix. Time to move on. All right? They are not going 72-10. I missed that loss. Well, so did I. Fortunately. Yeah. That, was a, that was a meltdown. Yeah, we were a little busy. Well, and, and hey, I get it. This team is far from perfect. I mean, this team has flaws. This team defensively can be awful. I get all that. It's just funny when you, if if you basically took the pulse of this town and, the, and and Wolves fans, and I didn't show you the standings, you would say 500 at best, I think. 500 at best. Maybe they're 500. Mm-hmm. And if you picked up the standings and saw 19 and 13, you'd be like, whoa, people are really upset about 19 and 13. And yeah. I mean, they have played an easy schedule. They have about the toughest remaining schedule in the Western Conference. So the schedule has been beneficial. Mm-hmm. But there's still something to be said about being six games over 500. Maybe it's the mentality of the basketball fan. Richard Patino of the Gophers, at his 
press conference yesterday. He always talks the day before games. They host, who is it, Oral Roberts, whoever they host tonight. Yeah, tonight, yep. He brought up the point that he's at a recent movie with one of his kids. Mm -hmm. And a fan comes up to him and says, I'm still with you. And Patino's like, we're 9-3. and bailing. You lose to top five Miami. Yep. You don't really need to apologize for losing at Arkansas. Okay, if you want to apologize for losing at Nebraska, so be it. Mm -hmm. But, like, do we forget that the Gophers have one NCAA tournament win in 20 years? After the 97 run. Think about post-97. Our expectations. Tubby beats Shabazz Muhammad in UCLA. Our expectations after last season are way different now. But, so is it the mentality of the Minnesota basketball fan? Like, if the Gophers go to the Sweet 16 this season... Mm -hmm. It is an incredibly successful season. The bar is not the final four. If the Wolves make the playoffs, considering where they've been, that is a successful season. I hope basketball fans can can realize that at some point. Come back and talk Gophers next. The show, Mackie and Judd, fill out today. Doogie inform. Mackie and Judd now continue. Stand aside, everyone. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN. Visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor artificially chilled ice skating rink in downtown St. Paul. That Rice Park opens seven days a week in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. All the details can be found at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Mackie and Judd today. Uh, Doogie in for uh, Phil. Phil out today. Uh, back tomorrow. Louie will join us uh, at 10 o'clock. Before we move on from the Wolves, Dave, uh, I believe that uh, Phil, despite the fact that he has lost his voice and is at home right now, Phil did weigh in with some Wolves thoughts. Is that correct? The Philbot? Yeah, we got uh, the Philbot 3000, sort of, a, sort of a surrogate, I guess, for Phil because he is unable to speak today, as we've we've done for you in the this past. This started with as the well. Judbot during the wild playoff run when I got sick. Yeah, the we brief playoff the run. The Judbot 3000, and uh, just today we unveil the Philbot 3000 as well with some thoughts on the Timberwolves. Jamal Crawford has played the majority of the last two fourth quarters in place of Andrew Wiggins. It's no coincidence the Wolves have dominated in both of those fourth quarters. Wow. Hater. Philbot, he's going hard on Wiggins. What, of course he is. Anything more to say? Andrew Wiggins is a dainty, wilting flower, blowing in the wind across the court. Whoa! That is very harsh. How about something How about something a little bit more positive about the Wolves, Philbot 3000? Here are my Minnesota athlete power rankings. Jimmy Buckets is number one, and everyone else is number two. Except Case Keenum. He is number 11. <laughs> that's just unnecessary. That's uncalled for. You got anything else from the bot? No, that's all he's got right now. I'm sure we could find some more. We just uh, stick the key in, turn it. Play, play the second one again on Wiggins. Oh, poor Andrew. Andrew Wiggins is a dainty, wilting flower blowing in the wind across the court. <laughs> See? I told you guys, haters all around. Haters all around when it comes to Wiggy. Now, he probably deserves it, but what the heck? Oh, that was some good stuff. I'm glad that Phil checked in. No, it's Philbot 3000. Philbot, that's yeah. A, well, that's the, the Philbot. Yeah. No, the Philbot. I'm not sure it's as good as the Judbot was, but it's pretty good. It's all about you, isn't it? Well, Anything would, with your name has to be better. I get it. How would you like to love hockey as much as I do and to lose your voice during a playoff? By the way, a one-round playoff, what, five-game <laughs> series. You lose your voice right during the playoff series. 
Dukes, uh, quickly, your thoughts. Go for basketball. Is the guy who told Patino, I'm with you, is there justification in in that? Because there's really no bench here, aside from uh, Jelly Belly. There's no bench. Or is this going to get back to what we saw previously? I have some doubts about that. I think I might have been yeah, wrong I mean, about this team. I think your doubts are justifiable when it comes to the lack of the bench. I mean, I would play Jameer Harris more. I think Michael Hurt can make enough winning plays. I want him to be a bit more aggressive. There are times I think he passes up shots where I think Hurt can can take some shots. I think he can give them 10 good minutes a night. I actually think Jiju had a decent run when Konate was out. I actually think I like is Jiju it, more than Konate. Is it Jiju? Gaston Jiju. Oh, I always thought it was. Oh, okay. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Regardless, yep. I'd like to see that big man in there yep. over Konate. You know, but there's been stretches where Reggie Lynch, you think about the Miami game, what was it, one foul? I mean, if he can stay out of foul trouble, if Reggie Lynch can play 30-something <laughs> minutes. But Duke's Big Ten games? Because I thought the same thing. Don't get me wrong. But I'm thinking to myself, Big Ten games, officiating, consist. I mean, I don't know if he can consistently. Now, I think there can be time periods, and I think there can be games where he does that. But the way he plays, I think you're going to get officiating crews that nail him early and often with fouls, and then you're in huge trouble. I would agree. That's, that's my concern. By the way, I'm be. distracted by your hat. You look like Waldo right now with that hat on. My red hat. I keep getting made fun of for my hat. I got it at Target. I like the hat. Leave me alone. No, I mean, the hat's fine. Leave Just me alone. Randomly during the segment, you my put on the hat. Cold. It's throwing me for a loop. This studio is very cold at times. It gets hot and cold, and I was uncomfortable, and so I put my hat on. I got this hat at Target. I like it. I'm 48. Leave me alone and get back to your point. All right, so anyway, I still think they have a chance to be the number three team in the Big Ten. I mean, I think Michigan State is the class of the conference. Purdue is right up there. I'll tell you one thing that bugs me, the fact that the Gophers had to give up a home game. January 20th, they play a game at Madison Square Garden against Ohio State. That is a home game for the Gophers. So one less game at Williams Arena. Yes, that bugs me. Now, is that the deal where they go and play a basketball game and then go for hockey plays the same day at the Garden? Yes, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah go for hockey. They've been yeah. doing this with Big Ten games for a couple Correct. of years now. That bugs me. Only playing well, Wisconsin once bugs me. Don't, don't get me started on Jim Delaney's insistence of infiltrating New York. That bugs me as a whole. Yankee Stadium has Big Ten network advertisement. They are so desperate with Rutgers... Rutgers to get into that that drives me irrationally crazy. Jim Delaney drives me crazy. Yeah. They make a lot of money, but he drives me nuts. Yeah, although he doesn't drive ADs nuts, right? I mean, when all these schools are what getting 30 plus million dollars a year from the Big 10 network, they like it. But I just I think the basketball team has a chance to be pretty good. Yep. And I'm telling you, my bar is not that high. It's lower than others. If they win one NCAA game, they match their win total from the last 20 years. So if they just get to the round of 32, for me, it's a successful season. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a thought, okay, Nate Mason Sr., Reggie Lynch Sr., these guys are leaving. Take advantage while they're good. Maybe Amir Coffey's in a position to be a late first-round pick. I don't think he is, but there's always that possibility that he leaves early. Sure. Heck, Jordan Murphy is now on the radar of NBA scouts, I know. Well, he's I, not a first-round pick, but he's playing phenomenally. I think he's got a chance to play. I do now, too. I yeah, I didn't chance. think he did six months ago. But, yes, the way he's playing now, he can make good money playing basketball. So they have enough good players, stay out of foul trouble. They can finish top three, top four in the Big Ten. Okay, let's do let's do this. Take a break. Come back and uh, talk hockey with Louie next. The show has Mackie and Judd Doogie in for Philip today. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. 
Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.